listening to the Ready for Departure podcast, written and presented by Microlight student pilot Steve Middleton. Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 4 of the Ready for Departure podcast. I'm so pleased with the interest that's been in the first three episodes of my podcast, and the feedback has been terrific, as well as extremely encouraging. I'm eager to get some fellow student pilots on the podcast so we can exchange thoughts. I really want to know if my experiences are similar to yours. Please get in touch via the website at readyfordeparture.uk if you'd like to be part of a future episode. As I sit here recording this week's podcast, I should be on my way to the airfield for another lesson. However, there's three inches of snow outside and the wind is currently gusting to 50 knots, which you may be able to hear in the background, so I'm going nowhere. Also, apologies for the slightly croaky voice, I have a little bit of tonsillitis. Anyway, on with this week's subject, going solo. During my flight training, I've been building up to going solo without really thinking about it. On previous episodes, I talked about my difficulties nearly landings and how I eventually overcame those difficulties. I went through my experiences in the circuit last week and mentioned some of the things I was initially doing wrong, for example, climbing out at the wrong speed and too steep an attitude. And I briefly talked about RT, radio telephony, although I plan to cover RT in more detail in a future episode. So, putting it all together, takeoff, circuit and landings, I practiced these skills endlessly before I was allowed to go solo for the first time. My instructor and I had talked about going solo, and often when debriefing after a lesson or when other students asked where I was up to, my instructor would answer, Steve is building towards solo. For some time I was building towards solo, but there always seemed to be something that would stop it happening. On occasions the weather would not be right, invariably the instructor will be looking for near-perfect flying conditions for first solo, for example, no wind to speak of, excellent visibility and clear skies. Sometimes it looked like a solo might be on the cards, but then I would make a stupid mistake, or my instructor would otherwise not feel happy to send me up on my own. I'll never forget my first solo. I arrived at the airfield on a Thursday morning and it was a bit windy. Not quite as windy as today, but still a little bit windy. I had a quick chat with my instructor before the lesson, and we quickly decided that the conditions were not calm enough for a solo, so we mutually decided that we'd just do a normal circuit lesson. Now it's possible this was a cunning plan by my instructor to take the pressure off. Maybe he knew the wind was going to drop, but whatever, it worked. It did take the pressure off, and I felt I flew pretty well, and after one hour I was fairly exhausted, but pleased with my progress and thought, well, maybe next week he might let me go solo. Make this to land, my instructor said, so I duly complied. Final, full stop landing, I called on the radio made a pretty good landing and vacated the runway. Well done, he said. Do you fancy going solo, he asked. Well, yes, I replied, without even thinking about it. If he thought I was a good enough standard to go solo, then that was fine by me. Just one circuit, he said, as I hopped out. Unless you have to go around, of course. Right, one circuit, I can do this. My instructor told me to get instructions to taxi back to the hold. No need to do pre-takeoff checks. Just treat it as a long touch and go. And he'd already set the flaps to take off position for me. Student golfer to tango, request taxi for one circuit, one POB. Do you know what? I wasn't nervous. I think this was because I'd been drilled so well with lots of practice, it just felt the most natural thing in the world. So, I get to the hold, and I'm number one. I look at the approach to final, all clear. Anything on the base leg? Nope. The guy in front has already rolled down the runway, and he's lifting off. Golfer to tango, ready for departure. Now you know where I got the name for this podcast from, as if you didn't already know. Are they not the greatest words ever said by a pilot? What a feeling. Anyway, I digress. Golf it's tango, ready for departure. Golf it's tango, hold position. Ugh, damn it. Okay, alright. The Cessna in front has only just taken off. They're just making sure there's no weight turbulence. Well, that's what I tell myself anyway. Hold position, golf it's tango. I must have sounded so disappointed on the radio. I wait a bit, 
I look down the runway as far as I can see, the Cessna has gone. He's climbed out and I can't see him anymore. I look again on final, nothing. Look at base, nothing. Golf it's tango, ready for departure. Golf it's tango, hold position. What? Why? I was actually getting a little annoyed now. I was ready, why were they holding me up? I could not understand what the problem was, but I just assumed it was a good one and replied as before. Hold position, golf it's tango. I decided I wouldn't call again. I'd called twice, they knew I was at the hold, and I presumed the tower had a very good reason to keep me there, so I just waited, wondering. In my mind, I imagined my instructor was running up the stairs to the tower and had been held up by something or someone. After what seemed an age, I got the go. Golf it's tango, runway 26 right, take off at your discretion, surface wind, actually, I can't remember what the wind was doing, but it can't have been much as I didn't employ any crosswind takeoff techniques. Taking off, golf it's tango. Actually, at Barton, you reply, taking off when crossing the hold. It actually seems to take an age to get from Alpha 3 to the threshold of 26 right. But by the time you get to the threshold, all you want to do is get off the runway, lest something might land on you, or more, more likely you force someone to go around. From idle to full power is done on the count of 1, 2, 3, and as the throttle goes into full power, counter with right rudder. With my instructor's words ringing in my ear, I lifted the nose wheel off the ground slightly, and a few seconds later, we were airborne. I'm flying an aeroplane, on my own. As I start the climb out, I allow myself a little grin, and then I think I said to myself something like, wow, I'm flying to myself. Now, I'm a slight guy, I don't weigh a lot, and normally I have an instructor for ballast, but today, no instructor. The aircraft shot upwards like a bullet. I had been warned that the climb rate would be faster than I was used to, but this was ridiculous. I lowered the nose to counter the climb rate, and at 300 feet, tidied away the flaps as I'd been taught. As I approached 600 feet, which is normally when we turn onto the crosswind leg at Barton, I looked over to my instructor and was about to ask him, clear your side? Haha, <laughs> no instructor. I think I laughed to myself, performed a good lookout, and then turned onto crosswind. It felt like this circuit was already starting wider than I normally would take it, but I put that down to the quicker climb rate and just decided to get on with it and make it as tidy a circuit as I could. I levelled out at 1000 feet and I think I was slightly out of my usual position to turn onto the downwind leg, but this was still an okay circuit. I get to the downwind and I'm thinking, yep, this is going okay. I've got this far, I can do this. I'd learned my downwind checks off by heart by now, so they were quickly dispatched and then I called downwind. Report final, Wilco, golf it's tango. This is going well. I get to the turn for base leg, that goes all right. One stage of flap is in and I'm slowing it down. This was the point when I looked out to the runway and could see an aircraft maneuvering from the hold to the threshold ready for a takeoff. I think I may have heard the calls, but to be honest, I probably blanked it out if the radio call was not for me. Right, okay, I've been taught to fly my plane first, let's concentrate on that. Maybe he will take it off by the time I get there, right? I turn on to final, get the second and third stages of flapping, and I'm configured for landing on final. I don't make the call. There's no point. The Piper, I can see it clearly now, is on the runway. There's no way he's going to be clear by the time I get to my decision height, 300 feet. I will him to move, he does slowly. Golf it's tango, going around dead side. Full power, nose up, fly to the left. I get rid of the flaps in stages and level off at 500 feet. The piper is ahead of me now, he's taking off and departing straight out. That's good for me, he's leaving the circuit, so it's not likely to be a factor on my next circuit. As I fly parallel to the end of the runway, I climb out to a thousand feet again and turn on to crosswind and then downwind. This time when I make the downwind call, it's all clear, nothing on the radio and no traffic in the circuit with me. This is looking better. The base turn and final turn go without incident and I'm relieved to hear and see there's no traffic ahead of me. The runway is mine. 
Golf it to tango, final, full stop landing. The approach is good, I'm a little high but there's lots of runway and I don't need much. I probably round out a little higher than I should but not too high. There's a bit of a roller coaster moment but I correct it with aileron and keep it flying until eventually I get that satisfying feeling of a grass landing. I've done it! I remembered to keep the nose up for a bit as I roll out and then I spot the Bravo 3 exit and make a beeline for it. I literally have no idea what speed I was going at this point, but I'm fairly sure I was close to tipping over when I turned off the active runway towards Bravo 3. I conducted my post landing checks and then radioed for permission to taxi back to the apron. Congratulations, cross runway 02, taxi to park. It was definitely one to remember. Not just the solo, but the FISO who controlled me was also undergoing his own training and I was the first solo student he'd ever controlled. My school and Barton were brilliant. After customary photo op, I was ushered up to the tower where City Airport Limited had put together a solo pack for me, which amongst other things contained a frame certificate with my flight progress strip, the high-vis and a useful airspace infringement prevention guide. It's an absolutely brilliant feeling to have flown solo for the first time and I'm grateful for my instructor who videoed my landing. If you want to see it, it's on YouTube. Just type readyfordeparture.uk slash solo into your internet browser and you'll be taken straight to the video. I completed another solo the following day and if you watch the video you can see I was lucky to watch two pit specials take off in formation after I had vacated Umman's taxiing back to the apron. A great sight. So that's it for this fourth episode of the Ready for Departure podcast. I hope you found my solo story interesting and please do join me for the next episode. See you next time. Don't forget, if you want to participate in future episodes of this podcast, please get in touch and it would be great to hear the views of other students, fully qualified pilots or even instructors. As the number of Ready for Departure podcast listeners continues to grow, so do its costs. Would you be willing to make a small donation to help cover the costs? Supporters get early bird access to the podcast. You can make one-off credit card donations via the website at readyfordeparture.uk or sign up for a small monthly donation via direct debit. Thanks for listening to the Ready for Departure podcast. Music was by Josh Woodward and Chris Zabriskie. You can find out more and get in touch at readyfordeparture.uk.